Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast. This show is brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature Disney wedding updates, money saving tips, and interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney couples. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Allie Moore and her mom, Missy Smith, about her wedding at the Tree of Life in Animal Kingdom with a reception at the Festival of the Lion King. I thought you guys would be interested to hear about how she chose these locations and how she planned everything and how it all turned out. So welcome, Allie and Missy. Hello. (laughs) Thanks so much for being on the show today. Super excited. (laughs) Well, I would love to start at the very beginning and find out, Allie, how did you decide you wanted to have your wedding at Disney? So ever since I basically came straight out of the womb, it feels like, I have always went to Disney, if not once or twice a year. So I kind of related Disney to a more like nostalgic feel. And it kind of became literally the like most magical place in my heart. Every time that I went, I always loved the smells and the sounds. And I, I guess everybody else knew I didn't until I was about to get married that you could actually get married at Disney. And like I said, I'm sure everybody else knew, but I did not. And once I found out, it was basically, yes, I have to go there. There's no other place for me. It fits me perfectly. So I had to pick that. How did you find out that you could have a wedding at Walt Disney World? Well, mom. (laughs) Mom basically told me, but I guess the realization didn't hit until we seen, until I seen the show Disney Weddings on Disney Plus. And I got to see a few little sneak peeks of like how it went, what it looked like. And of course, I was like, I have to do that. It's in my blood. I have to do that. (laughs) That's awesome. Now, how did your friends and family react when they found out the wedding was going to be at Disney? It was mixed reactions, to say the least. Mostly positive. A lot of people, you can ask any family member if they would have been given the question, hey, where do you think Allie would get married in the future? They would probably say Disney no matter what, just because they know how I am. But there was also some like negative parts where people were a bit disappointed that it was so far away from where we live and that they probably wouldn't be able to come because of like budget or travel or anything like that. So it was 50-50, but mostly everybody was happy and positive about it and excited. That's wonderful. Now, how many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? We invited around probably 70 to 80 people, and we basically invited anybody that we were like, they would appreciate an invitation, even if they don't come, but so around 70 to 80 of that, but we ended up having 60 show up, and it was way more than I thought would actually show up, so that was a very big surprise, and I was excited about it. That's great to hear. Did you guys set up a room block for your guests? Yes, we did. And this is where I'm going to hand the mic over to my mother dearest because I have no idea what's going on with that. So I'm going to let her describe that. 
the room block was it ended up being worth it in the end it was super stressful to try to get that many people to see kind of like what we caught we texted everybody first and asked what kind of vibe they wanted how they wanted to be cheap or more stay a little bit more or less Allie wanted to stay in the Animal Kingdom Lodge to kind of stay in the same vibe. And that's where most of her wedding party ended up staying. And then we picked All-Star Music because it's basically the cheapest, but also has the options for the family suites, which was nice for a couple of our guests ended up getting those and then we picked a slow pace for people who really wasn't super disney fans but just wanted to relax so we picked port orleans french quarter and it worked out good oh that's great now how did you choose the day of the week and time of day for the wedding so we ended up picking friday because we figured that a lot of people would end up turning my wedding into a sort of extended vacation So we decided that the best day would be Friday so that people could either fly down early on the day of Friday or they could end up coming down Thursday and then stay until Sunday without having to worry about going to work or school or anything like that. Time-wise, we really didn't get a load of options. They kind of gave us, you want this or this or nothing at all. So... The first option was before the park opened, and if you know me, I do not do mornings, so that was an automatic no. So the the final option was after the park closed at 11 to start it up. I see. Okay, got it. Now, how did you choose those venues for your ceremony and your reception? The ceremony, I just loved the colors that the tree would show at night. The light package that came with it was literally exactly what I wanted. And I even told him, I was like, I want like cocoa colors from the movie Coco, the sunset colors, the tangled, the scene wherever she picks up the lanterns and throws them out and does all the things. And the tree really just popped at night and it was so beautiful. It really was. It was just beautiful. It was like no other ceremony that could ever happen. I mean, not many people get married in front of a super big tree. (laughs) So it was perfect. And it kind of made me feel almost like the Enchanted Garden vibe that I wanted. The reception space she wanted to, initially she wanted Harambe's Village because she, going with the lighting, she always loved like when it would turn dark at night when we were at Disney, just the lights kicking on and just that whole vibe. And we found out that you couldn't have music after midnight and being 11 p.m. ceremony and she wanted a super traditional reception with all the bells and whistles that wasn't going to work out so joe who we was communicating with had sent us a couple different options and he suggested festival of the lion king didn't have many pictures because we had yet to see any pictures actually of anybody setting it up like a normal reception but he kind of sold it on us with the air condition so we we were like, oh, well, let's give it a chance. So that's kind of how we ended up with the Festival of the Lion King. Yeah. That's interesting. And so did you feel like you had to do a lot to that space to make it feel like a wedding reception? The bleachers was really kind of what stumped us the most out of that reception, just because it was basically bleachers and then a big open space. So it felt like we did have to 
kind of tweak a lot of things or like add a lot of things to almost make it feel like a reception space. But it ended up not being too bad. The lighting package that it came with was wonderful, way better than expected because it was kind of a surprise where there were no pictures. Interesting. So what kinds of stuff did you do to make it feel more wedding-y? Well, first thing we did was we went to one of the shows and watched because it was kind of like, let's go and see for ourselves and kind of do like a, you know, just kind of go and check it out beforehand. And while we were watching the show, we were like, maybe we could do this or this or this. And there's a part in the show where they key up the Be Prepared song and the lights kind of dimmed and everything turned purple and pink and orange. And we were like, oh, that's it. That's that's how we're going to do it. And it kind of blocked out. They kind of had no lighting on the bleachers. So we just specified that if they could get that lighting to where that cue was and then keeping their sweetheart table right in front of the curtains where the animals come out and kind of for framing of the pictures and do a gobo behind that kind of kept the eye in that direction. And then setting up things not super close to the bleachers to where most mostly just in the center of the room. And it really, really worked out with pictures. And actually there are several pictures that people took where you can see the ceiling and stuff. And it kind of looks like a firework had went off. And so I really, really, really liked how it turned out and would in the end recommend it for a really nice reception space. Oh, that's so great to hear. Another thing I've heard people wondering about is the dance floor. Did you guys decide to bring in a dance floor or just use the existing floor? We just used the existing floor, and it was actually surprisingly really good. I mean, we had a large amount of people there. I mean, more than expected. And we had gobos that were shining on the dance floor that had uh, both mine and Isaac's name. And it was super cute and super pretty. And we got some really good pictures with the gobo on the floor while everybody's dancing around. Mm-hmm. It was not crowded at all, like you may expect. But it was, honestly, it was really, really fantastic. That's great to hear. And then finally, a lot of people are concerned about if I have a late wedding after the park closes and then my reception is directly after it, my guests will be too tired or they'll leave early. How did that work out for you guys? I cannot stress this enough. (laughs) I was so nervous about that. And I thought it so many times that I ended up posting on our Facebook group. My mom Whenever we found out exactly who was coming or who said they were coming, she put them into a Facebook group for my wedding and we posted announcements in there. I posted several times about I wanted my guests to take an evening nap and make sure that they were not tired. I told them to, if they have kids, take them swimming, tire them out, and then let them take a nap. And if they're adults, then they should not go to a park before the wedding because one your feet is going to hurt and you know people get up super early for the wedding so I knew that they would be tired so I just I tried my best I couldn't guarantee that my guests wouldn't be tired but with our timeline and how fast it felt like everything went it was actually everybody had a really good time and everybody was super energetic still. Yeah, there were actually no real downtimes where you were, because we were really worried they give us 11 p.m. 
ceremony time, but we had to wrap up the reception by 2.30. So that was wedding, um, pictures, cocktail hour, and trying to do a full reception with the daddy-daughter dance, the bouquet, the garter toss, and all the traditional things. And so we were super stressed about that timeline, but it ended up making everything go like where there was no downtime for people to get tired. Even our older people that go to bed early, Mm -hmm. really, they said they had no issues and was really surprised when it said time for last call. They were shocked and felt really good. So it worked out fantastic. That's awesome. Now, I know you can't use outside vendors for most things at an in-park event, but were there any aspects of the wedding that you used outside vendors for? There were two outside vendors. One was Michelle, and she was just another day of wedding coordinator. So she was just another helping hand that we found. She was recommended on a lot of the Disney wedding groups that we're on. We're on multiple, and she was recommended on several of them. So we messaged her, and she was a good helping hand throughout the day and throughout the ceremony and the reception. And we actually sneaked in our other vendor because they were like, no, you can't do this. But well, they didn't really say they they didn't say no. They just wanted a letter of explanation on what a wedding content creator is, since it's such a new thing, which is basically just someone with their cell phone capturing moments of you getting ready and things that photographers and videographers aren't going to get and um, She just kind of follows you around and she'll put together TikToks and do all those things. So we ended up getting her and putting her down as a just a wedding guest because our um, wedding planner just couldn't grasp the concept of what it was. And her name was Rebecca Swanson and we found her on TikTok. That's very cool. I think that's a great idea because that's one less thing for you to worry about. (laughs) Oh, yes. It was fantastic, especially for the mother of the bride. (laughs) I didn't feel like I had to have my phone out. I knew that she was getting special hugs and uh, just people like just behind the scenes stuff. And uh, that word behind the scenes kind of triggered the Disney people because, you know, they're like behind the scenes. That's no, no, we don't get behind the scenes, but (laughs) it's just behind our scenes, not their scenes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how did you choose the officiant for the ceremony? We heard Kevin Knox through several, once again, Facebook Disney wedding groups. He was just, if anybody asked, hey, do you have any officiant recommendations? His name just flooded the comments. And they talked about how professional he was, but also how he kind of had like a fun bone in his body. (laughs) He wasn't like too serious to where he was scary. He just really lit up the ceremony a lot. He made sure that it was lighthearted, but also not too goofy to where it felt unprofessional. But he did really, really good. And we found him just throughout the wedding Facebook groups. That's great. Did you add any kind of entertainment to the ceremony or the reception? Yeah, we had the DJ, Chuck Johnson. Once again, fantastic. He was just like Kevin Knox. He was recommended. And he did really, really good. His playlists and his like club mixes or whatever he had was absolutely fantastic. We danced the entire time. I felt like I was going to throw up (laughs) at the end because I did not stop. It was super fun. And where we're from, West Virginia, he kind of got personal and played 
almost heaven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, country roads. <laughs> so, and everybody loved that. But he was fantastic. And then we had the characters come out, Mickey and Minnie in their little safari outfits. And that was really cute. They were only out for a short time and people got to snag some pictures and we got to cut the cake with them. But they really added a little bit of a flair to the entertainment. And everybody was really surprised because we kept it a secret. That's awesome. Do you have any cake flavors or menu items from the reception that you would recommend? Oh, my gosh. My cake was to die for. <laughs> we had a three-tier. We had a top tier that was Funfetti with cookies and cream filling, and all of them had, like, default buttercream icing, so I won't mention that. But the top tier we kind of made as a everybody layer. So everybody would eat it. Everybody likes Funfetti. The second one was the groom's choice. So we did peanut butter cake and caramel filling. And then mine was the bottom tier, and it was almond cake with white chocolate maple filling. And it was so, so good. The cake was fantastic. Not dry at all. Would eat again. (laughs) (laughs) And the uh, tomato soup and grilled cheese inspired by Woody's Lunchbox Tomato Soup and Grilled Cheese that we had at the dessert party. Everybody was the hit. Everybody loved, loved, loved that soup. They said they could uh, bath in the soup. Yeah. It was so good. <laughs> and the whoopie pies, of course, was amazing. And then at the wedding, the petite fillets were so tender. I don't even know if you needed a knife. They were so tender. And there was no complaints about that. And the mac and cheese action bar, people were really, really, really still talking about how much they loved that mac and cheese. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So talking about your dessert party that you had as a welcome party, how did you choose the upper terrace at France for the location? Once again, my lighting. Lighting (laughs) really draws me in. And it had that very dark, because where we had it in the evening and we got to watch the fireworks show, we knew that it would get darker. So we wanted to have a well-lit area. And that spot was perfect beside the like water and it had that very Italian French kind of feel and the lighting was just so dim and romantic feeling not to where people couldn't see what they were doing but it was definitely to where it was like oh this is so cozy (laughs) and lovely and it was close to the ride that we were going to add on which was the Remy's Ratatouille ride So people that we had that were in wheelchairs, people didn't have to push them very far and people didn't have to walk super far because it was just really close and convenient. That's great. Did you decide to add a bar to your dessert party? No, we ended up just having, we had country sweet tea, lemonade and water. That was one of our things that, because it is just an hour and a half, it was like, uh, let's kind of, it's not that super big of a deal, so let's try to cut that to save some money. Got it. Okay. Now, can you give my listeners a timeline of how the day ran? I'm going to let my mom do this because I just feel like I blacked out. (laughs) (laughs) I just... I was bombarded by like photographers and videographers, hairstylists, makeup artists, my bridesmaids, my guests, messaging, all of the things. So I'm going to let her describe how her day timeline went for that. She lived in pure bliss that day. She had no worries. So the hair and makeup was scheduled for 1.30. 
And uh, Michelle, the um, extra day of coordinator that we had hired, she came at around one. And the um, videographers, photographers, and wedding content creators showed up at around seven. The hair and makeup, they closed everything out at around eight. Uh, The boys left by limo at nine. The vendors left at 9.15. Um, that's photographer, videographers. And then uh, the girls left at 9.30. From And then our guests were picked up at 10.10 p.m. via bus from mostly all-star music, really, um, was the majority of the rest of the people. And uh, ceremony started at 11. So in between us going there from 9.30 to when the guests got there, she did do a a first look with her daddy and her papa. And so that worked out really good. And then uh, we tried to get as many photos as possible before, because her and Isaac didn't see each other before the wedding, which is, I know, uh, not very common nowadays. People want to get it over, which you do end up with beautiful pictures and stuff, but they did want to stick with the traditional. So it did put a little bit of a time constraint on afterwards since we had such a short time but the ceremony was at 11 then quickly they did their pictures uh, went straight into cocktail hour and uh, the timeline there at the reception they had they did so good about starting up the food and Mickey and Minnie come out at 1 30 and they danced to about two and so they did the cake cutting and all that in between that and uh, from two to two thirty she had nothing but dance floor time and it was perfect (laughs) that's awesome so when the two of you were planning what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention and your budget and did you each have different priorities I feel like we were on the same level because she her priority was what my priority was And she wanted to make sure that I had the best day. So we were on the same level. But um, I think that my priority was literally the colors. I wanted the perfect lighting. I wanted the perfect rose petals. I wanted everything just to match my vibe and the feeling of how I wanted the wedding to feel. So we really focused a lot on decorations. And then another thing I feel like we focused on a lot was food. Mm-hmm. We really want, well, I mean, we're Southern, <laughs> so we really didn't want to go too fancy. So we decided to just really make sure that everybody would enjoy the food and made sure that it was nice and comfort foody and it was fantastic. Yeah. At first we thought, oh, we won't put too much into the ceremony because the tree and everything looks so beautiful. But she was fixated on the bridge from Coco, all those oranges and uh, the beautiful lighting from the tangled lantern scene. So, but she didn't want it to look like uh, too themed to where it felt like a birthday party almost. So, we uh, incorporated the bridge scene with the super bright orange heavy petal swirl coverage down the aisle, which was it was an expense, but we knew that it was super important to her. And the candles down the aisle, just like lots and lots of candles down the aisle, kind of brought that tangled lantern scene kind of to life when she turned the corner, and it was perfect. Really, it was we we focused a lot of the budget towards just that that feeling that she got. That's awesome. Did you add the Awakenings light show? We didn't actually. I that may have been one that I wasn't sure if was worth it for me 
just budget wise, I felt like it was kind of an add on that would once again kind of take up. I was so worried about time mm-hmm. that I couldn't even focus on adding any more things than I had to. And the lighting package was honestly just enough for me. So it re- it worked out really, really well. But we ended up not going with the show afterwards. That's a good point. Now that I think about it, most of the Tree of Life weddings I've seen where they add the show, they have the reception on a different day. And so they're not rushing to make the reception. Yeah. And so then were there any aspects that were less important to either of you where you saved your money or your effort? A big one that was for me was my floral, specifically like my bouquet. Personal floral. Yeah, my personal floral. My ceremony floral and everything was very important to me. (laughs) But what I walked down with and had for just really pictures and for like 30 minutes was not worth spending an arm and a leg over. So I kind of just, I didn't get too specific and I didn't want to add too much stuff into my bouquet. So I kind of just told them, these are my colors, do what you want with it. Uh, I'm not too specific, and it worked out really well. We also gave them a budget with the bouquets, and I think that helped a whole lot since it wasn't super important to her. The color was more important than the flower toys, and I had seen some really beautiful bouquets on the end, but they were some super big price tags, and since it wasn't worth it to her, we just, we stuck with, hey, what can we get for $200 for her, and then with the bridesmaids, we kept them at around seventy-five, eighty-five, and w- then we got to use them again. We actually um, decorated her head table with the bouquets um, and put them in like little vases and stuff, and it it worked out really well. That's a great idea. So, what ended up being each of your favorite memory of the wedding day? My favorite memory as the bride, <laughs> I had two. The first one was before the ceremony even began. It was whenever. Um, I was getting ready with hair and makeup, and it actually rained two times <laughs> before my wedding, two separate times. And throughout the entire day, it had rain forecast for days beforehand, too. And what they tell you is do not look at the weather forecast because Florida weather is so sketchy. So even after seeing like, oh, it's going to rain, oh, it's going to rain, we still checked every single day. And the the day of, I tried to be like, oh, it'll change. But then as we were all getting ready, hours and hours beforehand, it rains two separate times. And at this point, I'm so disappointed because the backup option that they gave us was Harambe's Village. And the reception space. And the reception place. But it was just, I didn't want to do it at the reception space. And the Harambe would have been, it would have been fine with our decorations, but I just had this image of the tree and I I knew that in my heart I would have still longed for the tree of life and my husband now he actually has he had a tattoo that he got that because we were so confident that we're going to get married in front of the tree of life he got a tattoo (laughs) of the tree of life on his chest to symbolize our wedding day and so we were like oh my gosh he's gonna have a tattoo and everything and it's gonna rain us out so it came to the cutoff time where they were they were waiting as long as they could. They even gave us an extra hour to look at the radar because they were hopeful. And it then was 7 p.m. Right? It was 7 p.m. whenever they came to call it. And they came in while I was getting my hair done and was like, guess who's getting married in front of the tree of life? And we all lost it. And that was a really good memory because I was just so excited and relieved. But. 
I think my second favorite memory wedding wise was right after the ceremony, right after we had our little exit and we got a little moment to ourselves, just like a three minutes or something like that. We were so excited and we were like, oh my gosh, we're married. <laughs> we were both had tears in our eyes and we were like, that was crazy. <laughs> my favorite was I really had a full-blown, like a really good day, just spending the day with Allie. She's our only child, and uh, just since we did hire so many extra people, it really did allow for me just to be able to soak it in and enjoy that time with her. Uh, but when when she started coming down the aisle and he looked at her, he lost, he lost it. He just booger balled as she went down the aisle. And that was probably uh, one of my favorite moments. Cause I, I knew he was just so happy and, and so tickled to have her. And it, it makes a mommy happy. <laughs> That's wonderful. Okay. So you talked about the rain and that actually turned out to be okay. Was there anything that went wrong or just didn't turn out like you expected? I'm going to once again pass (laughs) the mic over to my mom because as we stated before, I was in pure bliss the entire wedding. So I really didn't even notice anything because it was either a small issue that was fixed before I could even notice or it was just a detail that I just forgot about and did not even notice again. So I'm going to let her explain what actually went wrong. Um, we had a couple things, not like just little things. Uh, the welcome party, uh, when we went to sit down at the tables, uh, I noticed that we just had the plain uh, little, just one little candle votive. And we were supposed to have those Three Roses Mickey centerpieces that are like kind of buried in the stones with lights in them. And so I was like, oh, wait a second. And I kind of ran over to Michelle and was like, um, our centerpieces aren't here. And uh, she was like, oh, they're not let me check on that and it was about 15 20 minutes later um I started seeing them come out and so people had to kind of move their plates and just kind of move and shuffle stuff around for these centerpieces that they didn't even know was supposed to be there and um they come over I met Ariel from the day of team and she come over and explained that they were sorry and that they had spoke to our uh, wedding planner and that they would give us a uh, half off which was good because I, I wasn't even fussing or anything <laughs> I was just kind of just sitting in a corner just kind of like oh my gosh all this work and then we just blew it from <laughs> the way it felt it was a tiny little thing but it was just like dang you kind of lost the the just the reveal of everything and so that was kind of a bummer Um, But it was fine. It was resolved. It was not a big deal. And then um, the day of the wedding, they made a not a big deal, but they kind of said when we were like, well, where are we going to have our cocktail hour? And they said, well, it's going to be in the same place, Festival of the Lion King, but we'll put up these cocktail tables and we'll do this and, and we'll put them over here and made a big deal about people standing at the cocktail tables and then I walked in and nobody was at the cocktail tables. Everybody was already at their at their assigned seating. So I'm like, uh, what the heck? Why did we even get these cocktail tables? And then I sat down and we had the wrong chargers, which again wasn't the big huge deal. They were clear uh, sea glass chargers, but they were supposed to be the gold sea glass chargers. So once again, not a big huge thing, but I noticed because it's just not what we had you know, had in our BO. And then 
we had in our BO no bottles or cans, everything to be poured into glasses. And I noticed there was a can on the table. And uh, so I just kind of went over to the bartender and told him that we had specified in our BO that we just needed all stuff to be poured in a glass. It just didn't like the way it looked in pictures. It just looks cleaner with just glasses. So he was like, no problem. And he took, you know, I'd never seen another can the rest of the night. So it wasn't a big deal. That's great to know. Now, I know the weather was something you guys were stressed out about. Was there anything else that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were stressed out about and then it turned out not to be a big deal? It was definitely, for me, it was the timing of everything. Three and a half hours did not seem like a lot of time to do everything that we were paying for. And I was worried that we wouldn't get our money's worth and that everything would feel super rushed and nobody would be able to like actually breathe and enjoy the wedding. But as it went on, it honestly... It went by fast, but it wasn't rushed Mm -hmm. in a sense. Everybody still had a really good time. Everything went how it was supposed to. There was no issue with timing. We actually ended up just throwing out the garter. We still did the toss and the the garter toss and the bouquet toss, but we skipped the whole thing with like him getting it from under my dress because we were like, "Eh, it's not like super priority for me. And we also, uh, they wanted to spend, what was it? 45 minutes to eat on the schedule. And I was like, that's a lot of time to eat. So after, uh, me and Isaac were done, we started doing our rounds with everybody and everybody was basically already finishing up. So I guess they caught on to that, and we went ahead and started doing some other things. And it, instead of 45 minutes, we may have spent like 20, 25 minutes eating. Mm-hmm. So that gave us a little bit of extra time, but it ended up not being as important as I thought it would be. Interesting. Okay. But that's a great tip about when you're finished to start going around to the tables, because then you're not cutting into dancing time. Yeah. Now, is there anything that either of you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I would, I'll tell you what I would have done. Uh, at the welcome party, you know, that's a long walk. And we knew it was going to be a long walk. But um, when we had like our meeting with the um, welcome party, it was kind of just brushed over that, okay, we're going to do this many tables and this many cocktail tables. And it's like, okay, great. And uh, she was just like, well, with the cocktail tables, most people like to walk and talk around. Nobody really sits down anyway. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. That's great. You know, mix it up. The It'll look good, tall, short, and all the different tables. But time we had walked back there, I thought the younger people would get <laughs> to the cocktail tables. But those little devils ended up sitting down. <laughs> 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 ended up sitting down, and then my hind end ended up at the cocktail table. <laughs> Which was fine. I mean, I just, I drug my little table over to the little edge of the, in Terre de Fleur, they have these, uh, like, places where the flowers are, and there's like a little ledge. So I just sat there on the ledge with my little table, and I was happy as a little lamb, but I wish that I would have allowed everybody to have seating rather than the standing up. Interesting. Anything for you, Allie? Um, No. I feel like I did. I feel like I really did just have a good time. I got to be the princess. I didn't have any like, oh, man, I wish I could have done that because it was all about me. I had no I really I didn't have any issues. I didn't have any complaints. And I got to sit where I wanted to dance where I wanted to where I wanted to. So really, no, that's awesome. That's just how it should be. (laughs) 
<laughs> so do either of you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? Yes, I do. I'm in nursing school. And if I would have been planning this wedding by myself and for everybody who doesn't know and is listening to the podcast, my mom did probably 98% (laughs) of my planning and just ran it across me and was like, do you like this? And I'd say, yep. And she'd say, okay. (laughs) So my tip is if you are super busy or you don't have somebody that could help you out or have a helping hand or just one of you in the relationship is not as available as one may hope, then either wait a little bit longer for a maybe break time, like a summer break if you're in school, or just a job that's flexible mm-hmm. that you can do your wedding. But if you're super busy, then I would try to find somebody to either help you or look into a different wedding because it was so stressful for mom and I literally her being stressed made me stressed and that is the worst kind of stress it was like why are you crying right now and and she would just be like the flowers I can't I can't get a hold of all these emails And I would just be like, okay, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) Okay, so in saying that, the tip is just, it is so stressful. It is so stressful. And bless her heart, she really, she really is. If you've been in nursing school or any kind of like program like that, it's so competitive. And it's so, she was so busy. And she externs at the hospital too. So she is busy. Her husband is busy. And uh, my job, my sole job is, you know, her. And so I just kind of took it on to do everything. And, And I'm glad that I was able to do it. But for anybody that doesn't have that extra person, Lord have mercy, get you some people because it is intense and it really cranks up at about the 90 day mark. I was so shocked on the, they just bombarded. It's just like, we've not spoken a year and then you're just going to bombard me at 90 days with like, hello, I need you. I need you. I need you. So it was, it was rough. And the 60 person uh, guest count trying to keep up with them and, uh, it was just, it was a lot. It was super stressful. So I would just have a village for sure. That's great advice. Well, Allie and Missy, I think you've both offered tons of great tips and advice for anyone who's interested in getting married at Walt Disney World. And I appreciate your taking the time. Yay. Woo. <laughs> That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. Past shows and tons of photos for each episode are available on my website, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com, or listen in your favorite podcast app. And for instant answers to all your Walt Disney World wedding questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at FairyTaleWeddingsGuide.com. <laughs>